0: Hello, my darling pop culture junkies, and welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. And I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Hello, my beauties. We are in the, the doldrums of summer, though I'm very confused. Again, I don't have children, so it's always one to keep through the eyes of friends with kids. But The school system is very strange. I have friends whose kids are back in school as of last week in like Tennessee and Florida. I have friends, kids who are going back to school in the next week or two. I have friends who are like, school, like let's get through Labor Day. It just is baffling to me. It's so inconsistent. This country is so vast. There's, of course we can't be a unified country when we literally all go back to schools at different time. Some of us work in offices and some of us refuse. Some of us are on one side some of us are on the other it's just one of those things we're never going to i i think if we made a institutionalized date for every school child to go back to school on the same day, maybe we would see real change down the road. Maybe that would instill a sense of unity amongst all of the citizens. I don't know. But anyway, I am excited to be here. We have a few things to talk about. I am so excited for the guests, though, that are coming in the fall. We do not have guests, as I said, this summer because of my crazy schedule, but we have guests in the fall and we're going to talk about so many things from the writer's strike, from People's not perspective writers and screen actors guild strike. And we're going to talk to people in the podcasting world. We're going to talk to people in the music world. It's going to be chock full of fun. So thanks for sticking by me while it's just me babbling on. Um, I did finally see Oppenheimer last night. And I have to say, I loved it. It's obviously, I'm glad I didn't see it. I'm glad I didn't do the day of Oppenheimer and Barbie. I would not have been able to handle that. I- and I, I really still can't figure out which one I would have preferred to see first because this, I, I just, there's no way I could have handled a Barbenheimer day. I applaud those who did do that. But Oppenheimer was breathtaking. I, I don't understand why people aren't talking about the acting. I mean, I'm sure they are, but in my circles, nobody's like Robert Downey Jr., Literally transformed into a different person. Like, I mean, just, it took me a minute to realize it was him. He's incredible. I mean, it goes without saying that Killian Murphy is unbelievable. And the women, Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh, I mean, listen, it doesn't pass the test of women in movies, but um, in terms of interacting beyond just their male characters or with each other talking about men, but needless to say, you couldn't really make it up. This is a true story. It was a very male dominated moment in time. Lots of men, lots of white men, lots of Jewish men in this, communists, wannabe communists, confused communists. I learned so much from this movie, but the fact is Florence Pugh was incredible and I love her. And she may be my favorite actor of, of the moment right now. Um, but Emily Blunt, my Lord, two such different characters. And I came home and immediately started watching a documentary on Oppenheimer. Like this guy was complicated. And amongst like all of the other things that he had going on, being a top physicist and the father of the atomic bomb and running the Manhattan Project and having teams of people, and you'd think the pressure would be a lot and having babies and a wife, there was lots of women. He was just a classic man, man. I love you guys, but like you are too busy when I say like, oh, I didn't hear from you. You didn't text back when we're in a relationship. And it's like, I'm so sorry. I've been so busy, but not busy enough to have like 80,000 girlfriends, um, which is Oppenheimer's thing. Like, you know, just a little atomic bomb action and building a city out of nothing in the middle of New Mexico. But I'm going to have time to philander around. So great movie. Gary Oldman, in this movie, did not know that. I missed that entire thing. You wouldn't even know it was him. He plays Truman. Rami Malik also, and it was so funny throughout, he kept popping up throughout the movie, but saying nothing. And so I was like taken out of the movie for a second because I thought did he get cast and then like it went too long and he accepted another movie role and like they didn't edit him out? I didn't understand what was happening because you're like, that's an Oscar award winning guy who keeps popping up in like background scenes. And I'm just like, am I, is my brain playing tricks on me? Is it not Rami Malik? Is it somebody who looks an awful lot like this very unique looking guy? And I hadn't seen the press around him being in it, but there's a very pivotal role that he plays. The movie is all over the place in terms of time timelines, which normally confuses me like tenant, which I could not get my head wrapped around. But this, this was incredible. And I am now, I mean, I thought I knew a lot about that history. I, my grandfather, my, both my grandparents were very involved in that period of time. They were New Deal Democrats as well. They worked under Roosevelt. They were two of the founding members of the SEC, which was very respectable then. It is not as respectable, I guess, today with a lot of the mishaps over at the SEC, but, uh, it was built under Roosevelt and my grandparents were two of the founding members. My grandfather, Larry Lesser was a very powerful lawyer and worked on, God, I don't remember the name, but he was part of the war fund where they were basically responsible for getting people out of Germany. Powerful people, powerful Jews, all of that, just sort of bringing in suitcases of cash and getting people out of Germany and saving their lives from concentration camps. So pretty dark stuff. I don't know if my father knew um, the character that Robert Downey Jr. plays, who was not a great character, but if all of the, I mean, he was an amazing actor in it, the, just personal. He had uh, some issues, but all of the narrative about him in that time would indicate that he and my grandfather crossed paths. My grandfather was Jewish, but sort of strayed from his Judaism, wasn't practicing, um, was involved with Jewish things during World War II, but also his religion was Roosevelt. So it's quite interesting. I, I really wanna dig in and see what the family history is there. But if you haven't seen Oppenheimer, it is a doozy. It is so beautifully done. It is so impactful. It is so emotional. And yes, it's long, but going in knowing it's long, It's, um, it's like three movies in one. You think that it's going to end with this sort of explosion, which I think many movie makers would end it with, but that's sort of, you're just right in the middle of it at that point. It goes on, but I thought it was tremendous. I thought the cast was tremendous. The set, unbelievable. The, the way Killian Murphy sort of transforms himself in all different genres of Oppenheimer from being a college student to, you know, towards the end of his life. Really remarkable. They don't get into the end of his life and I got I got really into watching the history of it and it's, you know, tragic. It's he lived with a lot of a lot of remorse. He had regrets about what he ended up doing, though he was a complicated man. He and his family ended up living in St. John. So if you've been to St. John, there is a place specifically where Oppenheimer's family lived in this little beach area. And I believe they moved there because their daughter, who was born in the Manhattan Project, in New Mexico, had polio as a child. So very much like my sister, who was born with cerebral palsy, and my mom and sister, and then ultimately me, spent a great deal of my sister's childhood and my childhood in Puerto Rico. Doctors recommend for those types of diseases to be around places that are humid and warm, and it's great for the joints and all that. Hence why they went to St. John. Unfortunately, The little girl ended up committing suicide when she was about 31 years old after being denied a job. This is according to Wikipedia as a translator for the UN because she could not get security clearance due to her father's stuff years earlier and getting getting his security clearance revoked. And I think living under the shadow of all of that as Oppenheimer's children must be incredibly, must have been incredibly challenging and then not being able to do what you want to do. Apparently his son... um, uh, has children and is lives in New Mexico and was a carpenter. And, you know, I hope lived a, lives a very content life. But anyway, the big thing that happened, and if you read the newsletter, you're sort of up to speed, but it was interesting because this happened over the weekend. And I sort of wrote about it in real time as it was sort of unfolding to the public on Monday morning, which is the monk Montgomery, I guess they're calling it the Battle of Montgomery, which means a very different thing in 2023 than it did during the Civil War. But Battle of Montgomery, I wrote about it and was interesting because I got a lot of comments from people who are like, thank you, because it's and it was exactly why this newsletter initially started, was because everybody enters the river of information at different times. So you're talking in Twitter or social media and they're starting to see memes like memes off of memes, but there are a whole group of people that hadn't started from the beginning. They're like seeing the memes about the chair, but they don't have any of the context. So being able to write about it from the very beginning and sort of set the stage to where we are today, it was helpful to um, a lot of my readers. So in case you have been living under a rock or you're in a different country and are like, what the hell is going on? There was a rather intense brawl that sort of unfolded on the river's edge of Montgomery, Alabama. And it sort of defines where we are today as a society for a lot of reasons, but it's also, there's humor to it. There's tragedy to it. There's racism, obviously a big part of it. And so let's break it down. We've got the, the two sort of parties are the riverboat, which was like a big, you know, fun riverboat, like probably a, I haven't seen it described anywhere, but I don't know if it was like a booze cruise, fun party. And I don't know if everybody knew each other, if it was whatever the setting was, it was a fun group of people who'd been on the river and they're on one of those riverboats that it was getting ready to dock everyone on that boat or for the most part were black. That's important. Then you have the dock and the dock is like in an area that seemed to be bustling and had bars, restaurants, like there's a lot of things going on at that dock. An employee of the riverboat company, also black, had, and context is, this is not in the video, but had apparently already notified a group of people in a small personal craft as they call it. It was like a little boat. I don't even know if it was one of those inflatable boats, but it was a boat that they had docked and they had tied up to the dock. And this guy, the riverboat guy had told them, listen, you got to move your boat. We have a big river boat coming. This is where it docks. This is its spot. You got to move your boat. And apparently they ignored him and went off to the bars. So he was waiting and waiting and the boat's coming to dock and all these people are in the boat and this little stupid private boat, personal boat, rubber boat, whatever you want to call it, that probably had like a Yeti cooler filled with Miller Lite on there. No offense to Miller Lite, but you know, they're not drinking Bud Light. So... The guy is like waiting for the people to come and move it. They don't. And so he takes it upon himself to try to move the boat, you know, like untie it and sort of kick it down the side of the dock. So the big boat can dock where it's meant to be, where it probably has its permit and all of that, and let all of these people off the boat. At which point this security guy or member of the the boat team gets sort of attacked. And this is all on video from people on the, there are different perspectives, but the the best video initially is from the people on the boat. But a bunch of the people who own the private boat come running down and start confronting him. And it's like this one guy's yelling at him and you can see there's just a confrontation. And the guy's like, this is my job, dude. You got to move the boat. Like there's no question here. We don't have audio. Don't know what the words are. Lots of people filled in the audio and made it really funny. But then after a little bit of back and forth, the white dude slugs the black dude. And then like seven other of the white dudes, friends, boat people, whatever, they all come running and start trying to like kicking the shit out of this guy who it's not fair at seven to one. At which point all the people in the boat are like, Oh hell no, you can't do that. People are screaming, going crazy. This guy's getting his ass kicked until some other black people from the bars, restaurants, wherever dock air, come running down and it becomes a racial thing, black and white, but like the fighting in and of itself is kind of funny because it's just sort of like... A lot of them are probably drunk. A lot of them are bigger and out of shape. And just see, like, there's so many funny TikToks and Instagrams about people sort of um, doing, re-choreographing it in their version. And it's just like a bunch of fat guys, like, throwing themselves on each other. It reminds me of what it would look like if Elon fights Mark Zuckerberg. Just like a big fat guy jumping on a kid and sitting on him like a whale. So then, I mean, it gets like operatic, like it gets so dramatic. So you have one of the boat people, the guy on a boat, who's truly the hero of the story jumps into the river off the boat and is like swimming across the area. And then, you know, wet and hero, because you've all been in water trying to get up Without a ladder, like there's a high sort of you know the dock is high. He gets up like I would be the biggest fool. I'd be swimming and then I would be bobbing like a dinghy because there's no me getting out of. (laughs) There's no way I could hike myself up that high onto the onto the dock. But man, adrenaline I guess has something. So he jumps in and the fight is just getting. I mean, it is it is so it's funny. When you're watching it, and yet not funny because the ramif- like the understanding, the deep rootedness of it is sort of tragic, but those boat people, the white boat owners or whoever they were deserved to have their asses kicked because let's be clear, they jumped a man for doing his job. They jumped him. This was in a full on attack. I fully support the defense of him fully. And I'm just going to be very clear. Where it got crazy. And by the way, the cops are here now. And you see in the video, the cops are sort of like, oh, they're letting it happen. They're sort of, you know, like every once in a while you say, hey, 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 but it's mayhem. There are people, there are now women involved, black and white. Everybody's fighting each other. And then a fold-out chair gets thrown into the mix. And you have a black man with a white fold-up chair, Which, by the way, I learned throughout all of this that the folding chair was invented by a black man. So there's so many things that have unfolded as, no pun intended, unfolded due to this sort of saga. But and the black man is is defending himself cuz they're getting beat and he's hitting this white guy with the with a plastic fold out chair fold up chair and then where it stops where it ends where the police then jump in and handcuff everybody but particularly this man with the chair is black man with fold up chair hits white woman over the head and that apparently is also now set off a whole upset. And it was interesting, There's this TikTok says it perfectly. The
1: reason so many people were so upset about a man hitting a woman with a folding chair in Montgomery, Alabama, is because his doing so violated one of the most enduring and deeply entrenched social norms in American culture and in Western culture as a whole. And that's only white men get to hit
0: white women so exactly right like it's it's the let me tell you we are we are fine with white men hitting white women but you give a black man the opportunity to hit a white woman and we're we're done de- regardless of if he's defending himself now i am not condoning condoning violence of any kind i think any time people start using other things to hit people besides their fists we we've gotten into some some dark areas and trouble and it doesn't end well but you know at the end of the day this was a group of people defending somebody who was was attacked and um rage and adrenaline and the lack of of leadership with the police department just sort of spun out of control this was a
1: moment in black history the guy when his job was capped. You know, I know he was capped because he threw his cap before the fight. He signified that he was going to need help. And the Avengers came. My man came Aquaman style. You had Spider-Man, Miles Morales, of course. They did this for Mandela. They did this for MLK. They did this for Fred Hampton. They did this for Rosa Parks, for Harriet Tubman, for all the ancestors.
0: There has been reports that everybody was arrested. There were lots of pictures of people handcuffed, but apparently... Like in the news yesterday, no one was arrested. They're now looking at charging a few people. I guess you know, we saw them being handcuffed, but I don't think they had enough information to arrest anyone. That was just a way to calm things down. But the TikToks are all over the place. The creators are all over the place. From you know, really breaking it down from a like a civics perspective and and a, and a sort of cultural moment perspective and a race perspective and all of that to the flip side of the true humor of it. I mean, there's this one we'll put in the notes, but the guys recreating the white and black friends recreating this fight at a swimming pool from everything with like them, like slowly, you know, sort of jumping on each other and a kid then jumps in the pool and is like slowly swimming across it to try to get out. It is, it is pure joy to see how people have turned this sort of, you know, know, remarkable moment into something funny and relatable and bringing their communities together. But at the end of the day, it's ugly. And, you know, this is the the deep underbelly, certainly in the South that uh, continues. And we just have to acknowledge we're a fucking racist country. I mean, we are, there's just racism abound. And that's at the core of where we're at today. DeSantis and those far right, they want their, and when, when let's be clear, when Trump says make America great again, like when was America greater? Like I went back when we had slaves back when women didn't have rights. It's crazy to me to think about the clear messaging that the far right is putting out there. I mean, they, they are saying very, very, blatantly. And it is creating warfare within, within, you know, certain communities and what we witnessed and we all get to witness because of the cameras was sort of, it happen in real time. And yes, there's humor to it. And we, as a society, I think use humor to deal with difficult situations. I know I do, but this one was, this one was, it's going to be complex. I think there's going to be lots more to uncover and see what happens, but people were angry angrier than you saw them on January 6th. Like this was anger. This was rage. I can go on and on. But that was the big sort of pop culture moment. There have been a lot more happening over the last few days. There is one other story that I haven't written about yet. I'm going to write about on Monday, but I think it was in Australia, but she's getting a lot of attention. If you guys have heard of Mushroom Lady And if not, let me tell you again, I don't have all the facts. I am not a, I am not a reporter. I am not a journalist. I am just coming to you from what I gather up on socials. So I've heard about this on TikTok, the Daily Mail and Twitter. So those are my reference points, FYI. But a woman, again, I believe in Australia, apologies if I'm wrong on that, basically killed the members of her family that she didn't like with mushrooms, like I think it was like her husband and in laws and whatnot. Her kids and her did not touch these mushrooms, but she is claiming it was innocent that she went into and and foraged mushrooms, which she then cooked into a meal and served everybody that was potentially a problem in her life. And they're dead. They're dead. Like she did that. What was that unbelievable movie? I think Daniel Day-Lewis's last movie. It was a P.T. Anderson movie. So many things I could say there, but I will refrain. Um, It's called Phantom Thread and it came out in 2017. And it's, I believe, like historical, like I don't know how much of it is real, but it's incredible. And they deal with the, you can kill people with mushrooms. It's, it's a pretty common thing. Like you can do it. That's why I don't go foraging for my food because I would probably kill myself and others. Blue Lagoon. Remember Brooke Shields and Chris Frackens were told that the berries that they were going to, they not to eat them because they would kill them. And then they saw that their child had eaten them. So they thought the child would die. So they were going to commit suicide and they ate all the berries. Berries didn't kill them. It just put them in sort of like a trance of some kind. But these mushrooms killed this woman's in-laws and I don't know, they're dead. She's been arrested. She's claiming she had no idea. It was a complete accident. On
1: July the 29th, a 48-year-old woman named Erin Patterson from Australia, she had a luncheon and poisoned almost everybody. She invited four people over and three of them died. And the fourth one is in critical condition. And the diners were her in-laws. That is Dawn and Gail Patterson. And then her sister, Heather Wilkinson, those three people passed away. And then Heather Wilkinson's husband, Ian, he's fighting for his life in the hospital and he needs a liver transplant. Police are investigating because obviously four people were poisoned. Um, and they are, they believe it's because she had these mushrooms in the lunch. Well, she and her children are totally fine. So they're trying to figure out, was this an accidental poisoning because she foraged for some mushrooms and didn't realize that they were poisonous? But then why didn't she eat them? I mean, that's a little bit suspicious in my opinion. Erin did speak to reporters outside her home. And she declined to answer any questions about what meals were served to the guests and where the mushrooms had come from, things like that. But she definitely said she's completely innocent. What
0: a way. What a way to just like, like I am so sick of you, my annoying in-laws. You are terrible people. You are constantly going after me. Have some mushroom pasta. Have some rigatoni with mushrooms. Like... Final meal. It's um she's gonna there's gonna be a lifetime movie made about her. I'm sure it's already in the works. I can't wait. And that's where we are. I know we're quick, we're fast you guys are busy. I'm busy. I'm going to Israel next week. And so a bit of housekeeping, we're going to have a newsletter and a a podcast next week, and it'll come out when I am landing in Tel Aviv, or at least the, the podcast will, but the week after, and I will say this again next week, but I'm taking the week after off. I'm going to be running around Israel and I am not going to write. I'm not going to pod. I'm going to do my best to be in the moment and learn all the history and meet amazing people and see amazing things. So that's where we're at. Last thing today is my Mary make out murder. Is that right? No. Why do I always mess it up, David? Mary make, okay. I'm going to write it big on my wall so I never forget it. Make out Mary mute. We're not murdering people here. We're lovely, kind people. We don't want to kill anybody. Just mute them. I would absolutely make out with, oh God, this sounds so awful. J. Robert (laughs) Oppenheimer. Oh my God. At least Killian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer. I mean, he's riveting. There's something sexy. I'm telling you guys, if you've seen it and if if you like when he's sitting naked on a chair and there's Florence Pugh, like there is something that is my jam, just my jam. It's hot. I loved it. He's naughty. He's a full on, there's so many red flags. So if that's not literally a guy cut out of marble for me, Red flag, red flag, red flag, you know, builds the bomb that kills the most amount of people ever and then regrets it. Yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. Definitely would make out with him. Mary, You know, I have to say I am going to marry all of the Swifties. I mean, the Taylor Swift fans, like... Taylor Swift is in LA, six incredible shows. A lot of my friends who hadn't yet seen the tour have now finally seen it. People who didn't get it now get it. People who had sort of caved in due to FOMO who ended up spending thousands and thousands of dollars on that day because they just couldn't take not going. My hat's off to you. You are my people. I totally appreciate that. You make me feel better about myself because I do that shit all the time. I just can't take it anymore. I got to just dish it out and go. So, Yes. Mazel to all of you. We're going to have like a mass wedding. And then mute. I mean, it could be, it's just endless. It's endless. But have you guys listened to DeSantis? There's so many funny memes going around about DeSantis and his laugh. And there's something just so disturbingly wrong about this guy and watching Oppenheimer and being reminded of the insanity of some people, whether it was Hoover, whether it was a bunch of these people, the paranoia, the fear, the thing that it just, you know, Hitler, deep rooted propaganda that goes in to people's minds and slowly, slowly, slowly turns them. It's literally DeSantis is playing that playbook. He is following that playbook to AT um, and it's crazy. And he just got rid of his campaign manager, brought in somebody else who's been on his campaign for a long time. And you know, he's he's not polling well at all. There's so many better options for people if you're going to vote Republican. There's so many better options. He's a crazy fuck. So mute DeSantis. And that is it. That is my final thought on that. Thank you, my darlings. Thank you, David. And I'll catch you guys next week.